It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB Podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today on this October the 6th by Carl Rotter. Uh, Carl, after the fireworks of uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, bit of a flat session today, uh, consolidation we'll probably call it, ahead of that pretty key payroll support tomorrow evening. Yeah, let's call it consolidation, shall we? It was a bit of a whimper after such uh, a thrilling couple of days, which we sort of notched up some milestones, but... Um, Choppy session. It was a choppy on Wall Street. Not not as choppy as what we saw on Wall Street. And Wall Street, and there was all sorts of things that were supposedly behind that. But just a lot of sideways trade. Um, and what what we closed sixty eight seventeen, and basically bang on where we opened. Yeah, looking across the other, the market map, uh, energy was a clear standout. We saw OPEC Plus. I uh, know going to announce that two million barrels a day cut to production. Uh, which is end up going to be around about half of that level because a lot of the uh, producers aren't actually going and doing their full quota at this point in time. But uh, regardless, it, uh, it really helped the energy sector today. It was uh, up and about 2.2%, a clear leader. Uh, also, utilities had a, a gain of 1.1%. At the individual uh, scoreboard level, no real surprise. Whitehaven Coal, my goodness, up 7.8%, oh. <laughs> above 10 bucks, and at a record high. Uh, just keeps going and going and going. That uh, thermal coal price, I know, particularly very, very strong at the moment, looking across some of the other coal producers, Coronado uh, Global Resources, which used to be, of course, Coronado Coal, uh, <laughs> was up uh, about half that amount. Also, uh, Horizon, interesting, that uh, goes and chugs along with its... Uh, Pulling a lot of the coal also had a decent enough session. It was up 3.6%. Just uh, reinforcing what we're seeing in the trade data today as well. Uh, over a 12-month rolling uh, basis, coal has now surpassed iron ore in terms of export values. Uh, that's been a long time since we've seen that. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite remarkable, right? I, I think I was uh, you know musing on it in uh, some of the ad living that I did on air. Is just uh, what was it 12 months ago? With, you know, Whitehaven was about three bucks. You know, obviously a lot has happened since mm. then, but. Um, yeah, really, really quite remarkable. Um, and you know, for as all we talk about ESG and all these sorts of things, it shows you that perhaps the world's not ready just to get away from quote unquote dirty forms of energy. Yeah, it looks like at the moment uh, it's benefiting from I uh, know that energy security scramble, and uh, yep. yeah, clearly just uh, looking across the complex, everything is up and about. Uh, also, the lithium space. Uh, geez, you've got to be brave to be uh, doing anything but by <laughs> day trading that particular neck of the woods. Uh, Pil- Pilbara Minerals up six point five percent. It was pulling probably down around the same amount. Yes. Yesterday, uh, yeah, as you mentioned on air, is that link? Uh, I was the person that you were referring to. I was uh, referring it, to. It, it, it is yeah. a saga. Yeah. Uh, I hope it just gets resolved one way or another soon. I'm, I'm pretty sick of talking. Sick about of it, sick honest. of writing the story. Although it's almost like um, celebrity obituaries, like where they write them in advance. You know what I mean? <laughs> just when, um, when uh, the, it, you know, the latest um, you know, chapter of the saga comes out, we just go, all right, they've pulled the deal. Oh no, it's back on again. But like, you just basically rerun the, yep. rerun the same thing. Yeah. Look, uh, the other end of the spectrum, I, I dare say that. Uh, Magellan shareholders were probably wishing they had bought uh, one of the coal producers down 8.3% again today. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
big outflows, institutional outflows. Some of it's you know, forced by another volatility we've seen in financial markets recently. Uh, just hasn't got a good story to tell, does it, at the moment? No, I mean, there's really nothing going its way right now. You know, tro- troubles in asset markets, obviously there's you know, the kind of key man risk that's led to you know the situation we're in now. So um, I didn't see where we closed, but it's yeah, I, I just don't know the investability in a stock like that that doesn't have a story to tell. Yeah, just in a constant uh, no downgrade cycle at the moment. Uh, it, it screens really cheap, but the problem is the uh, the more funds under management that keeps flowing out, the less fees it it's can be. It's a cycle, and, yeah. Uh, yeah it, uh, you can see where it's going at the moment. Talking about of downgrade cycles as well, Appen, it used to be a lot bigger, uh, about 40 bucks. So, yeah, now it's struggling to go and hold itself above three. Uh, just another downgrade coming through at the moment. Blaming macro conditions again. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really difficult to be a shareholder of that once market darling. Yeah, but uh, really easy to be in PR at the moment because you can just go and point it to it's, uh, some global event. Just be like, sorry guys, we were uh, underperforming because of X Y Z. So um, easy, easy sell. Oh look, I, I even I overstated its share price. It's now below three bucks. It's two ninety two. It went close today, down twelve percent. Right. Look, uh, it's been a really rough ride for shareholders, and a lot of people are wondering now. Look, even after this uh, no, carnage we've seen. Uh, and the capital losses, you know, is there a turnaround story on the cards? Or for those who don't own it, you no, know, potentially could it be a decent time to go and buy? Uh, no one really knows. So we thought today we'd go and settle and ask the uh, some experts out there on the course. So Koshi sat down today with Grady Wolf and uh, also uh, Nathan Somersundram to go and get their views as to whether it's worthwhile trying to wade back in, close the eyes and buy Appen. Take a listen. If you're waiting for a multi-bagger recovery story, it could probably get taken out at a very low cost. So right. in that context, it, yeah. you know, if you've been there, you yeah. held it all this way, I'm sorry for you, but the market doesn't care. Right. For us, it's a hold, but uh, yeah, I can't see hold. why. Hold. A Even hold if you're, in, a, if you're in. Look at that. It got up to 40 bucks. I know. 284. And look, uh, not surprisingly, uh, yeah, not touching it with a barge pole. In fact, uh, Nathan, if, uh, if there is one consolation out there for, uh, for shareholders, long-term shareholders in particular, he says that he feels sorry for you. Well, it's, that's what we want in investment markets, isn't it? It's sympathy more than anything else. That's great. Exactly. Well, you win some and you lose some, and uh, sometimes, unfortunately, you lose a lot. And uh, Appen has cost a lot of people a lot of money over the course of the journey. Let's, um, let's go and talk macro uh, for a moment. Uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, no corporate news out today. We saw the star, of course, in the, uh, the latest. The state Queensland this time to go and say that uh, you know it's unsuitable to hold a casino license. But as we're seeing with a lot of those other jurisdictions like New South Wales, this comes out. Then there's a remedial plan that puts in place, and they're allowed to continue operating. I guess the market is probably uh, onto that already now. There wasn't a lot of reaction, I got to say, in the Star Group shares. Yeah, I mean the way it's priced, it would seem that they're you know the market participants are uh, expecting a slap on the wrist, and that's it. You yep. know, um, a bit of uh, admonition. I think it was. Was it Star last week or who was it last week talking about how, uh, you know, beg- begging forgiveness and, and you know, asking, saying that they'll do better and, and asking for stronger regulation and they'll self-regulate and, and what have you. But, yeah, I don't think anyone really expects them to actually lose their license. So they'll, 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 they'll bounce back or at least I think that's what the, um, again, investors are thinking. Yeah, look, sovereign risk when it comes to a lot of money, a lot of uh, no cash outlay to go and put these facilities in place. So to go and yank it completely. Uh, and everyone's addicted to the revenues, right? Everyone yeah. takes a clip. It's just a big, dirty trough and all the people. Want to have their head in the, the wrist there for those uh, no, no naughty, naughty don't casino do it again. operators. 
yeah, hopefully I know that bad behaviour is cleaned up. Of course, we don't want to go and see uh, some of the uh, allegations that we've heard mm-hmm. and don't know, no clear, uh, no violations as well of some laws uh, continuing longer term. Uh, let, look, the big story overnight was probably you know, those pivot hopes, uh, <laughs> those scuppered, and the, we did our stand-up this morning and I declared last rights in RIP. Uh, I think that very the, solemn. Yeah, some of the uh, some of the data that was out last night. If that goes and confirmed by that payroll support tomorrow evening, uh, no hopes of a, no, a policy pivot, particularly no the, the prospect of cuts by the Federal Reserve at some point in the next six months or so, you know, a bit fanciful. Yeah, no, certainly, uh, certainly will be. I mean, I think everything hinges now for the rest of the week, uh, barring any kind of extreme shock on just what happens out of that uh, that jobs data, because. I mean, there's just not that much of a signal that it's turning around yet. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the Fed's, well, for lack of a better phrase, job is to get the unemployment rate up. And it doesn't look like it's going to achieve that anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think that uh, non-manufacturing ISM uh, survey that comes out for a soft survey, I think it's the most important one out there in the world right now. We're going to dictate what, uh, what central banks going to do. It gives a bit of a, a forerunner as to what we're likely to go and see in some of the other hard data. Uh, moving forward at the moment uh, it looks uh, pretty uh, tough as teak so yeah the fed's going to have to go and probably keep the other uh, hammer down mm-hmm. for the time being uh elsewhere there's uh, there's not really a lot on the radar we're kind of like you knowing that uh, holding pattern now uh, agl season's just starting to go and ramp up uh here locally uh, also we've got uh, the start of earnings season in the states arriving next week so, so it's yeah. a bit of a bit of a hole at this point in time. Yeah, it is. Although I just, I, I feel compelled to, to mention this. I don't know why. Perhaps I'm just, uh, it's my short attention span catching up with me again. But just seeing across the wireless here, uh, US believes Ukraine was behind the assassination of Putin, uh, Putin ally's daughter, which is quite an interesting development. I mean, just the geopolitics of that situation. If there's a little gray swan that we could be looking at, that situation still very scary. Talk of, you know, potentially testing nukes off uh, waters near Ukraine. Mm. Um, no one really has a clear sense of uh, what's going on in terms of territorial claims and, and who controls what. I'm not an expert in the situation, but still really volatile there. Um, very uncertain there. Very scary there as well. So, I mean, something to, to keep an eye on, especially, I guess, as well, especially considering we saw with OPEC's decision last night accusations from the white house which a lot of it is just you know because mm. of their own political um agenda and imperatives accusing um the cartel of siding with russia or, or something to that effect so um that's 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 something to keep an eye on but you know as far as calendar event risk it's nfps and then again next week we we look to that yep in terms of some of the other great interviews today on the program, we had a chat with uh, Trent Primer to go kick off proceedings and uh, get his uh, views about the variety of stocks in the market. Also, for the ETF fans out there, we know there was a lot of you. Uh, Andrew Villant was uh, on the program giving some uh, nice tips coming through as to how to go and play structural trends in these marketplaces. Also, for those who are interested in the uh, alternative asset class, David Larry from Prequent, you had a chat with him. Anything I know come out of that one? Um, it was just about the survey itself, and I think for me, the conversation really did centre around, I guess, the sophistication amongst retail investors who want to try and, th- th- there's still that kind of reach for a return, reach for a yield, and, you know, another thing that's come out a lot this week is, you know, the death of the 60-40 portfolio with the correlations with stocks and bonds at the moment. People looking at those other ways of diversification, but also looking for, for capital gains in their portfolio that they're not going to find in public markets. So, that's really interesting. It was... It was um, uh, like you said, uh, David Lowry from Prekin, uh, but I also spoke to, let me just scroll down. Um, oh, I lost lost the name. I, I'm so sorry. But um, uh, talking about unlisted assets as well. Mm. Um, really interesting. So uh, it just, it, for some reason this week, it's just, it's, it's just popped up a lot. Alternative assets, um, private markets, just it, it's, a, it's been an interesting conversation point. And I think one that's been, 
you know, increasingly put on the radar of, of retail investors. Yeah, it's one of those areas at the moment that don't know has hung in there better, but of course that comes down to you know the uh, limited donor opportunities to go and revalue well, at the, the time. But that's the interesting argument, right? The liquidity premium that you pay that mm. maybe it's the fact you know like you know everyone gets hooked on their house price but you don't look at your house price every day on a on a moving chart like you do with your equity portfolio that sometimes from a psychological point of view it's a good thing that you're not constantly being told how much wealth that you're losing on a day-to-day basis yeah no uh, i don't know i keep track of what's going on in my uh, my hood in uh, in in adelaide it's uh, yeah Tick chart of the other uh, scott residence yeah scott residence keep going high yeah uh, the, 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 uh, the original moon the, we call the, it the original right? moon yeah uh, look, uh, look. I tell you one thing. You talk about sixty forty portfolio. We're going to have a bit of a finish off with some of the other asset classes. Uh, big bear steepening in the uh, Aussie uh, sovereign curve today. Uh, yeah, looking at three year yields of about four point seven basis points. Ten years up close to fifteen basis points. So mm. a bit of an unwind of that. I know a kind of a Bank of England you no know, pivot hope uh, that was uh, early in the week driven by that RBA uh, dovish hike if you can go and call such a thing yeah. uh also aussie dollar there, there's a really weird move in currency markets today no news to go and kind of explain it mm. uh but yeah aussie dollars up you know three quarters of a percent no nothing nothing doing there kiwi's up over one percent now the euro the pound everything's bid not really a lot going on when it comes to japanese yen but i wonder whether that's like an, a symptom of what we're seeing position adjustments ahead of that payroll support because everything is still mm. pretty much lopsided towards long US dollar positions. Yeah, it's pretty interesting actually because I think that the dollar index was back up again 1% uh, 1% last night after um uh, we got that strong services uh figures and you know Mary Daly who's just like the Uber dove typically coming out and saying she's you know she's still sticking to 75 and you know inflation fighting is what she's all about now. But um you know I didn't I didn't notice that move but I mean, there's just so much going on that just doesn't make sense at the moment. Like, you know, that big options deal that apparently, you know, pushed the S&P 500 higher last night and throughout, you know, markets broadly too. It's just, it's it's just, it's not a, this, I don't think we can call this a particularly efficient market at the moment. No, it's uh, really struggling as well when it comes to volumes in a lot of asset class at the moment. That's just contributing to the volatility we're seeing at the moment. So begs the question, if we get a bit of a shock tomorrow night, what could go and come of it? So, yeah, look. We'll, look, we'll probably go and find out then, but uh, look, mm. let's go and uh, leave it there. Not a lot of else to go and report to today. Uh, US futures up uh, nicely at this point in time, but the lot can change in the space of the time we're back on air tomorrow morning. But until then, have a good night.